Or that other fucking stupid um, celebrity. Oh yeah, thing. what was the celebrity one? What's the celebrity fiver? <laughs> uh, cameo, I think. Yeah. Cameo. Um, yeah, who needs that? Just get a fucking computer to speak for you here, and they'll do the job. Uh, <laughs> hey, welcome to Enter the Asylum. Did, did you ever hear the um the, the the Schwarzenegger prank call tape that Dad had? He would play it in the car sometimes. Uh, no, maybe. Oh, that was this great. Might be so too basically. Long ago. It's. I mean, I'm sure it's like it was popular enough. I'm sure someone else has posted it, but it's exactly what it sounds like. It's um, people taking recorded bits of Schwarzenegger and like calling up like the video store or like Pizza Hut or like what have you. Um, and so it's like you know, it's like it, it's clips of Schwarzenegger going, "My name is Detective Like so I need to ask you some questions." Uh, okay, sir. Uh, what can I do for you? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Very good. It, Excuse me? Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, like standard, you know, I mean, you get it. You get it. But it was very funny. But yeah, the sign I'm using there is Vocodes, which has a wide variety of, like, uh, characters from cartoons such as Sonic the Hedgehog and Homer <laughs> Simpsons, as well as Obama and Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can speak in robot voices. Uh, highly recommend Perfect. it. It's pretty shit, <laughs> but it's like, it's fun to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger say fuck shit. And a robot voice. Um, it's very Bug good. Shit. Uh, hey, uh, how's it going, John? It's been a while. It's, uh, we've it's we've been a... passed another anniversary. Oh, did yeah. we? Yeah. Um, so we've been doing this podcast for like three years now, which is, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not <Shit>. great, maybe. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I have no desire to go through these quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the slow pace that, that we do. <laughs> it's been a minute life stuff happened and such and a also procrastination it's been a while since we've published an episode not kind of the one we made like two months ago that I released like two weeks ago or whatever I, it's a whole lot whole lot mm. Counter Armageddon was like recorded in I think it was like January you know and that was and that was like what like a three hour episode <laughs> that was, or that was yeah it was about two hours um we this one ho- will hopefully be a lot shorter because i don't think we have nearly as much to talk about no yes we watched we watched the terminators yes uh also apparently possible original title for this movie was i believe termination robots yeah and i say Where did you that learn because this from? In, in the credits, it says at the very end, it says Termination Robots or Terminator Robots LLC is the copyright holder of this production and blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. So I was like, Termination Robots LLC? Like, was that the original name for this film? It's like, like the code it, name. It's like Project, uh, you know, the, whatever. The, 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 um, uh, the copyright name for it or something. Or like the company they said, the LLC they set up to for the copyright mm. for this. So I thought like that's that's strange. Maybe they could, maybe they like, actually couldn't get the copyright for the Terminators. I would believe And they that, just put yeah. that in the box but it's not the actual real name of the movie in the copyright I, I, lingo. That's possible. I, I would believe that. I would believe that. 
Um, yeah. But before we get to yes, the you wanted to talk, discuss a certain TV show, movie, thing. a certain a certain Disney Plus series yeah. that might have already come out. I don't know. And no, it's I it's not WandaVision or the uh, that other Marvel oh, movie show. No, um, it's nothing no, interesting. And unfortunately, it's not the Mandalorian either. No. But um, um, and and just um, you know, uh, a disclaimer: I have not watched this series. I have no intention of watching the series because it looks like garbage. But uh, I'm referring to the Mighty Ducks Game Changer. They dropped a trailer a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, um, and. I was frankly surprised by how strong my reaction was to it <laughs> because so basically my girlfriend sent me the trailer I don't even know how this came up but I was like they're making a Mighty, Bo- a Mighty Ducks reboot and then I watched the trailer and I realized after watching I had so much to say about it mm. I had so much to say about it because mostly to complain about it but also there was there was an aspect of it that I thought was actually very interesting conceptually it and definitely gave me some frustrations I have with a lot of this style of media and my irritation of how it seems to sort of kind of exist in a perpetual state of never changing the formula ever. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's a bit inescapable. Um, it doesn't have to be, though. It's, there's well, no laws that require them to write the exact same script for all these fucking stupid, you know, yeah. young child sport movie show things. You know? But I think there's, but I think there's a template there that that is not bad. I think I think it can be good, um, and I think, but you just kind of tweak it, and I think you can you can make uh, interesting commentary out. Here's of the thing, it, though, which I'm is... I'm definitely like some sort of fucking I don't know soy boy cuck or whatever, right? And I I what I really want from these shows is something that's more casual and slice of life like. That's not like oh no, it's the evil shitty bad boy team, and they're they're fucking evil and awful, and there's a bunch of loose Loser nerd fat kids so who want to play an... who want to play and win against the evil assholes. But like, why can't they all just be friends? To, so to this begin is an with? aspect of so this is an aspect I found interesting. And here's a funny thing: the Mighty Ducks is is and this is why I was surprised by my my reaction to this trailer for this new series they're doing because I realized the Mighty Ducks is something I never think about. But after watching the trailer, I realized, well, I actually have a lot of nostalgia for those old movies. I, I've seen all three of them. I saw I saw number two and number three so many times. We would rent those from the video store so many times. They were on TV all the time. Um, t- number two was my favorite when I was a kid because it was the goofiest. They had like the, the guy who was like the cowboy with the lasso. I love that shit as a kid. And then number three, I hated as a kid sure. because I was like, oh, it's all like teenage angst mm. and like, and Emilio Estevez is barely in it. And I like hated that shit as a kid. As a grown up now, I look back on it. I'm like, oh, that was actually a really interesting direction to go. And like, that's actually conceptually has a lot of interesting stuff. It definitely wasn't the crowd pleaser movie, but as sort of a like maturing of the franchise is sort of like well logically where does this go are we still talking about you the know, mighty for... ducks right right now yes oh, we are still okay. talking about the mighty ducks right yeah. now <laughs> you, you, you have not you I don't think have i've watched familiar. the first mighty ducks i recall maybe i think i saw okay. the first one and um, but you but you but you do not have any memory of the second or the i third. don't think i ever watched those movies more importantly i'm just frankly not at all a fan of that genre at all i really again i really i really think they're really stale and i just kind of hate that sort of 
very sort of like typical run of the mill plot structure they all have. Do you want me to run through really quick like the story of the Mighty Ducks yeah, trilogy? Please do okay. because from my perspective okay. it is shitty loser team works really hard to beat shitty asshole team and they win or something maybe. I mean, more or less, but um, okay, so first Mighty Ducks movie, Emilio Estevez, he's the star of the series. Emilio Estevez is a, um, a, a sleazy lawyer who, um, ha- who um, at the start of the movie, I think he gets into like a drunk driving accident. Like he was, he was drunk driving. Mm. He's just like a sleazy lawyer. Sure. Um, and so the judge uh, uh, sentences him to community service. And because um, uh, Bombay is his name, Coach Bombay, um, and because Bombay had sort of like a, like when he was like younger, had sort of like an interest in, in playing hockey uh, professionally, but washed out, uh, the judge goes like, "Why don't you coach a, a, a youth hockey team?" Basically, and so Bom- and so Bombay's like, he hates kids. It's like you know, kind of typical like kind of late eighties, ninety, early nineties, like you know, character like, oh god, like you know, he's like he's he's kind of like a rich sleaze, but he's like, oh god, I can't believe I have to do this. Fine, so he goes, and this is all said in mini. Minneapolis. Mm. So he he starts teaching this this um, this team of of, of misfits. Uh, they're called the Ducks, um, and they're not really interested in playing. They're all just like, yeah, whatever. They're like, you know, just kind of like a ragtag, you know, group of kids from you know the neighborhood. Uh, but what's significant about this uh, this league to Bombay is that he actually played in this little pee wee league as a kid for the Hawks, who are the really good team in this league. And he has this traumatic childhood memory of uh, doing a, uh, a penalty shop shot at the end of a championship game. And this is when he's like 12, sure. basically. So it's, yeah, it's and like he, his dark backstory. And he misses the shot and costs the Hawks the championship that year. So when he's like back in that arena, like there's like all these like, I think their colors are like black. So there's like every, there's like, like, dozens and dozens of like black banners for like every single championship that the Hawks have won mm. in this arena and then there's one that's like red or something sure. it's a different color and that's the one that Bombay screwed up and so like he's like haunted by that memory and the coach is the same he's just like hard uh, the coach of the Hawks is this hard nose you know like you know coach who like demands like so much of his players very high standards and everything but they win all the time and so Bombay sort of like you know he he calls the team he renames his team the ducks i think they don't even have a name they're like just district five or something um so he renames them the ducks as sort of like a fuck you to the hawks um and the kids are sort of like ducks like who cares the ducks and he's like no ducks are like you know like he 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 pumps them up basically when uh when did the uh when did the looney tunes show up uh that would be that would that happen that would be That would be in the in the ninety in the ninety eighth sequel, uh, yeah, Mi- Mighty Jam three. The, cool, the search for um, more money. Yeah. So the rest of the movie is just like you know, like he inspires the team, he leads the victory. All these like ragtag kids and like including a few kind of like you know punks in the neighborhood. They like they they band together. They like you know find like strength and you know each other's you know they they they, they win basically and they beat the Hawks at mm. the end. They win a championship and Bombay is so inspired by them and like he rediscovers his love of hockey uh, through you know teaching these kids. And so at the end of the movie, he decides he's going to try to go for professional hockey once again. 
and so he he goes out so at the end of the movie he's he's getting on a, a greyhound bus and he's off to you know the minor leagues to, to train and like you know so uh so that's the end of that's that's the first movie okay that's the first movie second movie um Little montage. Bombay is like he's risen quickly through like the minor leagues, and he's in the, he's in the the major leagues uh, briefly. But then he has a career-ending injury, and he has to go back to Minneapolis. Um, so we, wait, we, is this the lawyer guy, or is this yes? Okay. Yes, yes. This is the guy played by Emilio Estevez, gotcha. who is in the 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 trailer of the the series, the Coach Bombay guy. Mm. Um, and I will get to that because I have a lot to say about right. that. Anyway, so second movie. Uh, second movie is goofy. Second movie is just goofy as hell. Um, so, um, so, so Bombay. He's had this career-ending injury, so he's not going to get to play professional hockey. So he comes back to Minneapolis. He reunites with all the kids. Like, hey! And suddenly, this like promotional, this PR guy shows up and says, "Hey, the story of like the underdog ducks who like took on the Hawks and everything. It's become this little like, you know, favorite amongst like, you know, sports fans. Like what an inspiring story. So he says, there's going to be this real championship of like peewee hockey, all teams from all over the world. And we want the ducks to be team USA. So like, Oh, okay, cool. That sounds great. So they go to LA, they're going to be team USA. Um, and they bring in a few new players. It's like, there's going to be a few other people from other parts of the country. There's this girl who's like an insanely good goalie. She's like can like like snap and like grab a puck like out of out of the air. Um, and there's a cowboy guy who he, he's from Texas. He has a lasso. It's just goofy. Okay, it's all sure. goofy. And the and the big villain in in the Mighty Ducks two is um, Iceland. All right. And that, this is the funny shit. And they all wear black and everything. They're like ice blonde Nordic types. Sure. Very cold. It's really funny because you know, like, okay, this is the '90s when they made this movie. Mm-hmm. If this had been like five years earlier, they it would just been Russian. Right. It just would have yeah. been because like that's just what makes sense. Like, oh, U.S. versus Russia. Duh. But the Cold War's over now, so they they went with. I think they because no one really has an idea of what Icelandic people are like. Mm-hmm. There's no like sta- American stereotype. Like, well, I guess they've sort of transitioned to a later one now, which is like the oh yeah, we are friendly people. That's more y'all. kind of Scandinavian. Yeah, but let's general. be honest, they it's... don't care. They they they'll throw that entire region into the but that's not what this is but that's not what the iceland team are the iceland team i think they were going with germans because mm. they're all these like stern ice blonde like nordic types sure. who are like they don't have the accent but they're just kind of like we're not playing around you know like and they're like you know like huge and like you know and they wear all black like it's just like oh they're supposed to be like like Nazis, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's really stupid, um, but it's very goofy. It's very, very silly. But um, and there's various like travails. I'd say the big sort of tension in that movie is that the sort of like celebrity is kind of getting to them, particularly to Bombay slash Emilio Estevez. Um, and so he kind of like gets a big head, and then he has to be brought down a few pegs. But then they reunite. They they get their shit together, sure. and then they win. They win a championship. They, they beat iceland it's very over the top there's lots of queen music like they play like are... we will rock you and we are the champ all that, sure. all that are shit, the kids all that in the first movie in this movie as well or do they no longer exist as characters uh they're, they're in all three movies okay. they're in all three movies. are they just on the sidelines um, in these movies is it like or are they also competing against the iceland team in this movie as well no 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 they are the team okay. competing against wait the so iceland are they team. aged up or are they still kids yeah 
Yeah, no, they were in show. It's the same actors. Okay. It's the same actors. They came up with Mighty Ducks 2 like only a few years after the first one. Gotcha. So they're just a little aged up. Okay. And then they're also in the third movie, um, which I will get into now. So the third movie, they're like almost adults. Um, and the third movie was not really much of a crowd pleaser because this one was a coming of age story. Sure, and they go to space so the, too, and they fight aliens in space. Like I evil was the, space the, hockey aliens. That was the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're yeah. joking, but that's basically uh, the cartoon. They did, they, so they really did do a Space Jam then, yeah? Um, I don't know if it was in space, but in the cartoon, they're actually ducks. Oh, okay. They're buff, mighty ducks. Right. And they fight against, like, like they play against, like, robots. There's villains. It's That one's goofy. I didn't really watch the cartoon very much. I only saw, like, maybe, like, a little bit here and there. Sure. But, um, yeah, you joke, but that's, like, kind of real actually <laughs> so the third movie the premise of the third movie okay so so the emotional center like the arc the, the character who goes through the biggest arc in the first two movies is coach bob may um now the team captain in in all three movies is this kid named charlie mm-hmm. and he's i guess he's sort of the emotional heart of, of the movie and he's the one who's like kind of like does the most to sort of like he gives inspirational speeches or whatever he doesn't give inspirational speeches but he's kind of like because he's they're they're kids they're realistic kids okay like that's actually a thing about the mighty ducks movies that was kind of interesting it's goofy but like they act like kids they actually act like kids um but he's sort of like He's like probably like the the closest to to Coach Bombay on the team. He's like he's the emotional heart of the films, um, and he's sort of the one. So, but but the but the one who has the biggest arc, who who learns something, is Coach Bombay in the first right. two movies. He drops out in the third movie because what's happening here is the Mighty Ducks. They've the real champions, you know, after the second movie, all that, you know, and they've been given a college scholarship at this like prestigious private school, like really yuppie private school. And uh, so they're all going to get to attend and they're going to play hockey for the, for the school um, in, you know, in exchange for the scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, but Emilio Estevez tells Charlie, I'm not actually going with you guys i've i've been given an offer for a job i'm gonna take it um you'll do fine you're gonna get this other coach he's a good friend of mine it's you're gonna be you're gonna you're in good hands but charlie's pissed off at him so charlie is the one who actually goes through the big arc and this one's interesting because basically it's like they're coming of age they're all teenagers it's full of teenage angst there's lots of like you know teen drama type stuff um and at this at the school, there's another. There's already a hockey team that's made up of like the rich snob kids who go to this school, um, and so that becomes a thing. And that one has lots of interesting elements because all of the sort of goofy things that the kids had done in the first two movies, because it's all about like, oh, we're misfits, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Like we're like learning through like 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 oh, our misfittery can actually like win. You know, we can use this to like win the game. Right. You know, all of Teamwork that stuff collapsed. 
all of that stuff collapses in the third movie because what they kind of find out is they're sort of like the Harlem Globetrotters of the hockey universe. Okay. It's like, yeah, you're crowd pleasers and yeah, people love your shit and everything, but it's not really hockey what you guys are doing. You're gonna, you're, we're going to teach you how to play real hockey now. You're grown-ups now. You're going to learn how to play real hockey now. And, um, and so, of course, they're very pissed off about this. But it's actually like... And so, I mean, it, like I say, it wasn't much of a crowd pleaser. As a kid, I did not like it. But as an adult, I look back on that. I'm like, that's actually conceptually really interesting. It's like, it's time for you guys to grow up. And so you're going to have to... But the thing is, John, is the audience wasn't ready, clearly. The audience was not the ready The audience for wasn't it, ready guys. to grow and, up. And the audience would never be ready for this. Because if I think, if anything, we're even more infantile, infantilized now that, like... Uh, that like yeah I, I I don't know if there was ever going to be a good period for Mighty Ducks three, which is a shame because conceptually it actually is like like I think it actually is. Couldn't you argue that in essence this this is what Cars three is as well though? Um, ex- <laughs> I mean, except that except that except here's the thing except that the actors aren't like actually teenagers sure like like mighty ducks like those those kids are actually actors and they're actually growing up so like they're actually they're playing their ages in the movies kind of like the harry potter movies so it's like look you're older now you need to act a little more mature sure. you know and so it's it's a coming of age story and so and charlie is like he's the one who goes through the arc and and his thing is interesting because like after the second mighty ducks he has this big head he's like showing off for girls and everything and like but he gets he gets really knocked down a peg and i thought like that's actually kind of brilliant it's sort of like he like he's a child celebrity basically it's like yeah i'm the captain of the ducks like what do you mean i can't do this and sort of like no you can't do this it's like it's actually like like life comes at you hard you know kind of thing um and there's like various little things that happen i won't get too detailed into it but that's the basic premise of the third movie i think it's it's underrated i think how does it conclude actually what's like the it concludes with they finally sort of they merge sort of like their own skills with like real hockey and they sort of like they 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 meet they meet their new coach halfway kind of deal they 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 bond and they manage to beat the the rival team in the school the in the already existing school team um uh of snobs and uh and and win the the championship um, okay. and they retain their school scholarships sure. because at some point in the movie this becomes a thing where like because they lose their first few games and the school's like mm, we're thinking we're gonna pull your scholarships Damn. and <laughs> that's and rough so, well but then but then bombay comes back in the middle because he's a lawyer mm-hmm. and he's like you promised these kids school scholarships and if you don't we're gonna fucking sue right you, yeah so. exactly that's <laughs> fucked up to do um, all these kids yeah exactly but that's that is that is like kind of reality yeah that's kind of reality it's it's again it's a surprisingly grounded film like especially coming after the second one Mm -hmm. like after i think that's why people hated the third one so much is the second one is the first one's like somewhat grounded the second one is just goofy as hell and then the third one they're like okay no now we're gonna get real just like the cars franchise no (laughs) (laughs) it's the exact same story plot for the cars franchise exactly i don't want I don't want to think about the Cars franchise. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, 
So that's your summary of the third movie. So let's talk about the remake. Yes. Well, see, I or think actually reboot. what they really should do is make a Riverdale-esque reboot called Mighty Ducks Blood on the Ice, where they're both hockey players, but also like teen detectives. And there's like a murder. There's a happens. murder that happens like on the ice hockey field or whatever. There's you call literally it. there's literally a, CI, a CSI Las Vegas episode, the original CSI, where there's a there's a death that happens on on the uh, on on a, on a hockey arena like during a hockey game a guy collapses and the whoever the main character is in that this is the cold open of the film of the of the of the episode mm. the 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 main character is like looking at the body and goes well you know what they say about hockey it's murder damn dude um you also you could get you get really edgy and call it the mighty fox um and that would be really interesting that's the I porno think. come on <laughs> no you can't <laughs> You can't do that with this franchise. Um. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, okay. this Disney reboot. Um, this Disney is reboot the, of the, uh, seems like a it's a Disney Plus like, series. You know, a soulless rehash in essence is what it feels like. So the sad thing is, I was watching the trailer for it, and there was there's one aspect of it that I thought was really compelling, and I thought this is actually conceptually a great place, the great idea to build a series around. And what it is is, so there's like a mom and her kid, and the mom's kind of a helicopter parent. Uh, there's like a, a line about like uh, she, you know, wants her kid to wear sunscreen in the hockey arena. Right. And the kid's like, but we're in, indoors, and she says, yeah, that's why it's SPF 15. What a what a Karen, am I right, guys? Oh, no, yeah. no, she's not a Karen. She's not going to be a Karen. So okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> so this is the aspect of of this series. Mm that I gleaned from the trailer that I thought was fascinating and I thought was actually conceptually kind of brilliant is the kid is training for the Ducks, the same team in Minneapolis from the first, the same Wee hockey team from the first movie. Yeah. Um, and it's still part of the same league and everything. But the thing, but the thing now, and the Ducks are like champions. They've won like every championship since like, you know, for eight, forever now since the since the 90s since those movies um so this is a universe in which you know like yeah that all happened and everything but now all of the parents are like super like competitive basically and so the the the, the main kid um gets rejected uh, from the ducks and the mom is like talking to the parents and she's like you brought two professional like physical trainers to your son's hockey practice and one of the guys like i'm actually like a pediatrician like you know health guy but i thought that was genius because that is a, totally an aspect in youth sports mm -hmm. is like way over competitive parents and that's kind of an emblematic of the professional managerial class it's an overused term i recognize but like the pmc the professional managerial class is sort of like the driving ethos of the that class is competitiveness and they instill those values in their own children so everything they do they invest ludicrous amounts of money uh and, and resources and time into ensuring that their kid has a step up over the other kids as so that shows up in like which schools they send their kids to 
um, making their kids do all the band practice type stuff, right. what sports they go to. Because it can't just be fun. It can't be just sports for fun or teamwork or like, you know, or character building. No, it's like, oh, this is going to be like a potential career path for you. And so like we're going to get you the physical trainers and everything. You're all going to have the best. So I love this idea that the Ducks have been gentrified. Okay. I love that idea. That is that is in this reboot series, and I love that. I love that idea because, of course, it's like, oh, yeah, it's the famous Ducks that used to be run by the famous Coach Bombay, the, the inspiring Ducks. And so, of course, like all the, all the, you know, not rich, but all the, like, better-off parents took it over. I love that. I love that idea. I really love that idea. And so, like, and so it just became what the Ducks had always fought against. You know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's what happened to the Ducks. I love that idea. And I love, I love the aspect of the mom going, like, after her son gets rejected, going, well, let's start our own team and bringing together the misfits. Because you know what this reminded me of? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You were probably a bit young. You might might not remember this. But um, you remember back in Albuquerque when our sister was in Girl Scouts and the Girl Scout troop kicked mom, who was running the Girl Scout troop, kicked mom out and they formed their own Girl Scout troop? Yeah, Do you yeah, remember yeah. This? this is all. I had a discussion about this recently for her, actually. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. So that's what this reminded me of is it's so to give a very quick story. So like back when we were living in Albuquerque, our, our mom was like uh, helping run a Girl Scout troop. Awesome. And, we used to live in Albuquerque. The, we also used to live in Albuquerque. <laughs> and most of the moms in this troop were from this uh, neighborhood called Knob Hill. Um, they all sent their kids to Bandelier Elementary, which is like the best public school in town and like, you know, all this shit. They were like, they were exactly this kind of parent, the like very uptight professional class moms, very uptight. And, um, and, and mom just like, our mom didn't like, you know, like fit in. And there was like lots of like, you know, like arguments and whatnot. And then finally they basically did a coup to kick our mom out of the troop, along with a couple of other moms who were in the troop. So our our mom just went, okay, well, fuck it. We'll form our own troop. An important and aspect did. I want to mention, too, is that the reality is is that that Girl Scout troop was, in essence, more or less a play, just used as a play date for the leader's yes. daughter. Yes. Yes, it was, it was like babysitting. And so, and it never really did anything fun, um, you know, like in that they were like, the, the moms kept restraining them from like, you know, like really having fun, like doing fun stuff. And so once mom, along with these couple other parents who were cool, uh, formed their own Google Scout troop, they got to do whatever they want. They got to do all sorts of fun stuff. They got to go to camp and they sold way more cookies and like everything. They did like so much better. They had so much fun. They had a blast. They got to be kids. They got to be kids. While the, the old Girl Scout troop just fell apart. Um, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you that all of those moms, to sort of give you a sense of the type, kind of anal, uptight, definitely, I guarantee you, they all have those signs in their front yards that say, in this house, we believe, da, 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 da. You know, all the li- all the liberal values and stuff, which I, I, I get... 
I was I was laughing thinking about because I saw an article from a, a couple weeks ago on High Country News about how in Albuquerque a lot of those old housing deeds for those like old neighborhoods still have racist language in them. Mm. Like still have like those covenants that still say like you know like 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 no person of African or Oriental descent shall be allowed to buy property in this like you know development. And of course those covenants Real aren't enforced. Real racist shit, because like the, all those neighborhoods were built in like the fifties and the sixties, whatnot. I think the neighborhood they lived in was built in like the forties. Um, but um, um, but yeah, so like and those covenants aren't enforceable anymore, obviously. But the language is still in those deeds. So I was just laughing, thinking like I give to all those parents still have like Black Lives Matter signs on their front yard, but the housing deeds still say like no black people in this neighborhood. Black. And I don't remember any black people living in that neighborhood. <laughs> Probably um, it's all pretty kind so, of grossly so white, to, I suppose you could say. Extremely white. Knob Hill was an extremely white neighborhood, um, which is saying something in Albuquerque because New Mexico is a Hispanic majority state. Mm. So if you have a, if you have a lot of white people, that's really saying something. Um, but um, so to get back to the Mighty Ducks, the idea of the mom being like, let's form our own team. Um, like that appealed to me just on that basis of like this memory. I was just like, that's great. That's great. That's yes. I love this. And I like the fact that it seems like she's sort of a, like a, she's basically aspiring to join the professional class. She has an office job, but she's clearly treated like shit. Mm. Um, and so there's lots of lines about like, like you got to do this for yourself. You know, you got to stand up for what you believe in and stuff. I like that. I like that aspect of it. I like the idea of a mom who's been sort of like had to cater to these, like, I'm sure asshole parents who look down on her. She knows them and stuff, but like they, they do not see her as so, one of them. Um, so I guess what is now you're saying, you're saying very positive about this so far, but I assume that's this is the only, last. so I just finished explaining the only thing I like from this trailer. Now let me get to all the stuff that I hate from the trailer. <laughs> Namely, that they brought back Emilio Estevez as Coach Bombay to be the exact same character that he was in the first Yeah, it's like movie. it's a reverse of his character arc. Really strange decision there. We already did yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's same... might as well just make a reboot by that point. It's so like it it's it's yeah you're right this isn't even a reboot this is a sequel in essence this is a, yeah it is because it, it's like because it's it takes place after that original that would be like, like if they did a sequel to the star wars and han solo goes back to being a lone scavenge oh wait <laughs> oh yeah huh. well yeah and that's and they called it a sequel yeah. um no it's it's well it's a soft reboot is what it is but um <laughs> It's a soft yeah, reboot yeah, slash yeah. sequel, but um, yeah, that 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 ticked me off to no end because we already did this character arc. In fact, we kind of did it a second time in the second Mighty Ducks movie, and then in the third movie they went, okay, no, we've done that character arc. Now Charlie's gonna do that character arc. He's gonna go through like the journey and like grow up and like you know like learn to love hockey again and all that stuff. Like it's. It, 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 it's like we've done this. Mm-hmm. We did this with this character. Like the and and what it does is it pulls focus away from the mom. Right. The mom needs to be the the, the emotional center of of the series. Make her it the looks coach. Like, I mean, why she's, not even? She is the coach. But like make she her like the, the 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 coach. You know. Well, she is the coach. No, no. But I mean, like is that just guy. The guy should, who he run... shouldn't be in that movie. Is what I'm saying. Like or show or whatever. He shouldn't even exist in that world. 
Oh, I no 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 I no 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 I I disagree because I like the idea of the gentrified ducks. No, I'm saying they shouldn't have like the guy who's like, oh, I hate I hate hockey now. The the lawyer guy. Oh yeah, no 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 no. That character in that movie, they should just have him not. No 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 no. Yeah no no no, that should not be a thing. Just make Um, the mom the the main character who has to deal. The mom is is the emotional heart. So focus on the mom. Don't do another arc where Emilio Estevez learns once again to love hockey. It's kind of embarrassing at this point. It's really stupid, but I was I, I was talking about this with my girlfriend. And I was we were we were chatting about all this, and she asked like so like and so basically I started thinking like okay, I like take out all that stuff, take out all the all the Joss Whedon banter, all the god awful millennial banter in this. They movie. made a like, they the made a funny of... podcast joke about um oh, how like god, the fat I... kid is a podcaster body, and I'm like how dare uh, you sir? I wouldn't be sir? much of an asset physically. I'm more of a podcaster body. That made me cringe because literally podcast body is literally a a, a line that like Felix Biederman of Chapo Trap House has <laughs> used sort of like jokingly. And so when that when it showed up in that, I cringe. I was like fuck you, Disney. You don't get to. You don't get that. That's our word. Yeah, that's, that's our a word. weird thing to even <laughs> reference, and it makes me irritated. And honestly, I'm not allowed to even complain about this because I just got into podcast recently. But like, man, you well, can't, three you years. can't, the podcast, you can't like. I like podcasts when it's this weird niche indie bullshit or whatever. Man, get your fucking Geico oh, sponsored podcast shit out of here. Point. I don't want to listen to listen to a podcast by Facebook marketing execs, right? You see these ads all the time where it's like introducing the new podcast by Walmart. It's like, what oh, the God. fuck are you talking about? Well, because this is a new Amazon podcast. I don't want to listen God. to that. I don't. I don't want to Ob- listen to Obama has a podcast. Well, that's now. okay. It's like... I, it's like a single person. I hate the weird ones where it's like introducing the you know all space podcast. Oh, a company. Yeah, like a company has a podcast. That's, I, like, yeah, I don't. Sure. Who's listening to that? Does anyone listen to that? So all all the all the jokes about like all the millennial banter all coming out of the kids. I I hate it all. Get rid of all of that. The kids need to act like kids. Like like all. They need of the, to say the... Zoomer shit. <laughs> like uh, they need to they say got, sus. They got they got to say sus. They got they got around and say sus, and they gotta do no, Fortnite. No, I don't even want that on... though. I don't even want that though Please because don't. it's still adults writing it, and like no, just just like no. If you watch like the kids in the, in the Mighty Ducks movies are very lovable and like very and very fun. You know, they're mm-hmm. like they're they're like they're real pranksters, and they're really they have kind of a like a a, a bit of a nastiness to them that's like very realistic. Sure. It's like oh yeah, these are real kids you know like there's something that feels yeah very very authentic about the the kids in the mighty ducks and and i enjoy the sort of slobs versus snobs dynamic of all of the mighty ducks movies which is perfect for this this uh, this remake if you're going to do this thing where it's like well there's the gentrified ducks which again, I love. I love that idea. So it's like, okay, we'll form our own team. It's gonna be all like, it's gonna be the ragtag misfit team of like the kids in the neighborhood, and the and the and the dynamics between the kids and the parents are going to mirror each other because the kids in the school, it's like they're being bullied by like, oh yeah, we're the we're the cool kids. We get to like play hockey, and we're like really good at it and everything. It's Minneapolis, so they actually mm-hmm. like care about hockey there. It's actually like you know part of the culture. Um, and and it, but it mirrors what happens in the adult life. Lives, where it's like all these people like kind of struggling to get by i'm thinking more like working class people or people who are kind of on the fringes like aspiring to be professional class like the main mom mm. in in the series who you know as as it appears i don't think they put it in these terms but that's what it it looks like from the trailer again i'm not going to waste time watching this right. um 
But yeah, it's like I like that. I like that it's like oh, the dynamic would mirror each other, and it's sort of like there should be there should be like a, a thing where it's like the 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 main kid who gets rejected from the ducks, he should get rejected for like oh, your form is off. You're not you know, it's like you're not doing something right. And so, but whatever it is that like they they reject him for, he should get to beat the ducks in the championship by doing that thing that they told that they rejected right, him that makes for. Sense like yeah picture. like and then and then you could have like and the 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 misfit team could be super diverse it could be made of like it's a more kind of working class dynamic it could be made of like you have like like black kids latino kids um it's the midwest so like i know michigan has a substantial population of muslims mm-hmm. i think minneapolis does too so that could be cool you could have like immigrant kids like or, or rather kids of immigrants sure. like that that could be really cool, like the diverse team going up against like the sort of like uptight, you know, professional class, kind of like, you know, like middle class, you know, uh, suburban, you know, kids, you know, you could, you could do all kinds of funny stuff with that. Like you could have like the mom takes them like, the, like the, the team out for pizza and like the, the, you know, the, the other kids are like, do we get to go for pizza too? And the, they're, you know, they have professional trainers and they're like, oh, athletes don't eat junk food. Like you could do stuff like that. You know, you could have like, you could have like a, you know, slobs versus snobs dynamic. It's like, yeah, which one, which, who, which kids look like they're having fun, you know? Um, you could do all, all, all sorts of great, great stuff. With I do that, have to you know? ask, though, what is this show and that concept of their show? Like, what does that actually add? Why does this have to be Mighty Ducks, I guess? I, okay. Be, I Other than the name I... of the property, obviously, which is, you know, the reason why they're doing it in the first place for brand appeal right. or whatever. But, like, what is this, like, why does this, what does this add to the world? It doesn't of the have Ducks, to be the Mighty Ducks. But I still really like the idea that the ducks have been gentrified. Sure. I love that idea. I was really intrigued by that when they showed that in the series. And again, they don't use the term gentrified. That's my term. But I think that's a really good way to describe sure. it. Like, I, And so I like that aspect of it. I like that. It's like, you know this universe. You know this place. You know this team. But it's not quite what you remember. But they're like twisted now, dude. They're 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 fucked up. Well, they're just no. well, they're just they're just uptight <laughs> they're, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But I but I like that. It's like I like I like that. It's like they're not villains necessarily. Like they're sort of like yeah, they're kind of like they're annoying. Like the 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 gentrified ducks are annoying. But like it kind of like professional class parents. It's like outwardly they sort of have like good values, but. There, but there's something very off-putting about them, sure. and they are very exclusionary. Mm. And so, for that, they sh- and they, the reason they why they do be that is actually because they're an underground secret cult, just like in my upcoming new series. Oh, they don't need to be underground; they're just overground. No, 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 they're, they're they, underground they... and secretive, just like in my upcoming <laughs> Mighty Ducks remake, Mighty Ducks Blood on the Ice, where they will be a murder, and they will they will be very exciting you know, action and like mysteries and they'll solve a bunch of problems just like in Riverdale. I think this could just, this is, this could just be like hot fuzz where like everyone's in on the murder. Uh, you sure. Across. So, I mean, <laughs> I think that's a bit too parody of that genre. Hot fuzz. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't want uh, that are, though. Are you, I want, you're do, you're I want hardcore. Serious. You're not doing parody. Oh, okay. no, I want a serious edgy reboot of my ducks. Cut my ducks blood on the ice. TM. Um, 
where someone again will die on the ice field and in fact there'll be a violent murder scene where someone bashes the head in with a hockey puck or something like that and it's gonna be very dark and edgy and also really cool and hip for millennials to come back to because like really the world now is fucked up from the 90s 90s were a good time period and everything was nice back then and now the year the world's fucked up and the my ducks got to reflect that by having a murder live on camera see See, you, you, you jokingly say that. That's like, oh, that's like we're in fucked up times now. We need to bring back the Mighty Ducks. But that's why the idea no, no, of the they bring the Mighty Ducks, ducks also make them fucked up, too. <laughs> but the that's why the idea of the gentrified ducks appeals to me. Mm-hmm. I like, I genuinely like that idea. And so that's why I'm like, I hate that like everything else in the series looks like garbage because conceptually, I think that's actually a really interesting idea. Um, Thank you, John. And we can I, even I bring back Emilio. We can myself. even bring back Emilio Estevez for a cameo, yeah, sure. like because I was because uh, like you know my girlfriend was like, oh, so is he, you just cut him out entirely, and I was like, well, we could do a cameo. Like it could be like during the championship game. You have some. Okay, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. They have a moment right where you could do a really great moment where may, some sort of legality thing happens, right? Some sort of issue that comes up. Oh, and he represents the new the new team. Yeah, just for a moment, where, like maybe they, like I have a friend I can call up on, and they call him up, and he pops in for like a scene to solve some sort of legality issue they have, right? I don't want I don't want to and make him leaves part of something. the story. <laughs> I don't want to make him part of. No, the no, he story. just solves a problem in the storyline, then leaves. You don't really need you don't that, really need that's to do anything part other of, that. Than makes that. him part of the story. I don't even want to do that. I would have a do where, like, in the final game of the season, actually, here, here's oh, your well, So instead, maybe they should do a thing where they have, like, a, a portrait of him they look at and with sad, somber eyes to imply he's dead. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> no, no, no. Bring him back. Bring him back. Do a cameo. Sure. He's a, he's still alive. The actor's still alive. Bring him back. Do a cameo. Um, But, um, no, I'm thinking of something similar. Like, maybe uh, here's a twist. It wouldn't even be the championship game. It would just be the final game of the season. Mm. Because, like, the team is starting from scratch. So how I would do it is, like, they lose, like, like, like their first, like, several games. Like, well, it's a TV series. So let's say, like, six episodes. So the, the, the order I would go is lose, lose, uh, win. So like they lose the first two because they're brand new and they're they're you know they're they're learning their stuff. Then they finally pull together a win, just barely. But then they lose the next one because uh, they're like, okay, we're starting to get it, but we're still trying to figure it out. And then they win, and then they win the last game sure. of the season. And basically, this would be like so. By the end of the season, it's like, okay, well, we've already missed our playoff shot, but for the last game of the season, we're going up against the Ducks. And 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 in the last game, they just humiliate the Ducks, the gentrified Ducks, okay. to be clear. They just humiliate the gentrified ducks and they have the and they have the big uh like epic moments where like yeah like the kid who who gets to wins by doing the move that got him rejected from the ducks like it's gonna be like a big thing and so even though the ducks like it's like are like by default already going to the playoffs it's like a big asterisk where it's like yeah but he had that really humiliating loss and we're coming back next season enter season two of the the series i was thinking after they beat Um, the mighty ducks in the final episode they're like huh not bad kids, and then they all like get raptured and they fade away. And they just like go to heaven or something. And they all all their all their like their 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 you know their hockey outfits are all lying 
just by themselves I'm thinking the on Emilio, the, ice. the The Emilio Estevez cameo is just like because like oh he's the guy who like you know like coached the Ducks so like the Ducks just invite him for like he just some once in a while shows up at the games kind of like you know like like which is what celebrities do you know so once in a while he just shows up so he shows up for the last game of the season against the the new Mighty Ducks and then like when he watches like and his eyes light up because like he sees these other kids these like the, the misfit kids like but they're playing really good and they have heart and he's like I haven't seen hockey like this in years like because like he's basically been like deadened by like the gentrified mm. ducks and so like but his eyes light up he's seen like these like these amazing kids play and then when they win he like looks over and goes that's a team with some quack oh you nice know? Yeah. like he's he's like he's like yeah and then he like, and then, and then he it. winks and then like disappear fades fades away from existence because he's a ghost <laughs> that's it that's all i would time. do for a cameo that's why i'm like a cameo cameo but it'd be a really sweet little moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've been talking about this for over four yeah years. um that's the podcast everybody <laughs> uh thanks for listening we, we that, know that was, yes, this, is our, this is our episode today. on the mighty on mighty ducks game changer uh thank you for thank listening. everybody uh, for what's our what's our are we doing mega shark versus giant octopus next, next week next is time? actually mega shark giant octopus yes Yay. no no okay we, let's talk about what this. was your favorite line from the trailer mine was podcast body. <laughs> podcast body is good shit i have a podcast body so i take deep offense to that um uh yeah so anyway should we talk about the terminators just you know i think we could squeeze in for like 10 minutes <laughs> no least stuff i want to talk about in this movie um there's only like one thing in this movie i want to talk about and it came right near the okay end. no no because i i uh i this should this should be a proper episode right it's been a while it feels weird not to have a proper episode i think we should the i think we should yeah let's just breeze through this episode Let's just breeze through this. This weird, this weird conglomeration of Terminator. I want to focus on the opening of this movie because the opening of this movie is the most excited I've been for a sign movie before absolutely getting my hopes crushed entirely. Because this <laughs> oh, opening is go, weird. Go it's a really weird opening. That it's so bizarre. It's really strange. I, I couldn't tell if this was set in the future. Well, yeah, or not, that's what I, I want to talk about. All right, so let's get into yeah. this movie. Okay, this film begins in space. We're looking at this gigantic sort of space wheel shaped sort of it's like the, station. It's the, it's up the in space, space pinwheel. It's the pinwheel space station from like 2001: Space Odyssey yeah. and, and Cowboy looks, Bebop and it, every, honestly, every fucking thing. It looks thing pretty good. Like it actually it looks, looks pretty okay. nice. Um, For a second, I thought it was a real prop because there was something kind of glittery on it. I was like, oh, it looks like they made it out of the same stuff they make like pinatas out of. But then they got closer. It's like, oh no, it's just CGI. Uh, we cut to some sort of some sort of people working on the spaceship. They're all like they really hate. They're complaining about this sort of like robot slave group they have called so TRs. So this, this really this really buff guy, yeah, like like walks up to them and then sits down at the computer. And then they mention it's like, oh, I hate these new models. And this guy does not look like. There's nothing robotic about this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm I was so like okay. Uh, clearly, clearly, the reason why they chose this guy—I forgot the actor's name—but um, he also did the fight choreographer. Uh, uh, no, he was the fight coordinator. <laughs> Don't want me to give I the actor's name in, in the like in the actual um, movie. Yeah. I. Don't it's know, Paul maybe. Logan, I believe. Oh, Paul Logan. That's it, Paul Logan. Um. Uh, but he. Um, um, clearly they chose him because it's like, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger played the Terminator and he's a buff guy. So let's get a buff guy to play the robot. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's Arnold and that's it. That's standing. it. That's the entire reasoning for it. They got a buff guy to play the robot. He doesn't really act robotic. In fact, none of the robots really do. 
um, but he's he's a new breed of androids called the TR5s. They never said what TR stands for. I assume it just means the robots. <laughs> Maybe. It's obviously just like the T slash blank from Terminator. It's cause what they're doing. The T10 right, billion, TR5. et cetera. The, T, the T10 billion. Who who does... The, well, the T the T10,000, I guess, shows up at the end of the movie. Um, the Bionicle? But... Um, Yes, the, yes, yes, the Bionicle. We'll get to that. Which is which is what my girlfriend said when she saw it. She said it looks like it a It looks bionicle. like Kopaka. It looks like... I think it looks... Yeah, but without the x-ray thing. I it could it like, nah, um, it has a bit of an x-ray I thing anyway. I thought it looked anyway. more like, uh, like Vakama, but like the toe. Like every sure. other stupid fucking Asylum movie, it's on the cover. You're not going to see it the last 10 minutes of the movie, just like... The cover has multiple robots on, on it, and but there's only the one. Yeah, it, um, again, it's... It, Asylum covers are the biggest liars ever. Not surprising. But anyway, so there's so yeah, new the new androids, the TR5s, they're just big buff guys basically who don't speak. And the, actually, the TR4s, John. Um, this is an important plot point. All, there's oh, a bunch God. of versions of this buff guy. They're they all looking exactly the back same. and forth. They're called they the TR4s. Sometimes they say the TR5s because the script forgets what they're doing. Sometimes they're the TR4s and sometimes they're the TR5s. And the big on-off switch, the big good-evil we'll switch get to that. at okay, the end we got, of the we, movie. Let's, get, let's try and get to this. I want to talk about this opening of this movie, though. Okay. Okay. So they're each at the TR. Suddenly the TR gets angry and just starts murdering the two guys. Big surprise yeah, there. Yeah, just... Just, just a- apropos of nothing. Um, a bunch of a bunch of TRs land in a bunch of drop ships and they start invading the space station. Take it over. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's this scene where these guys running around like the spaceship and it's kind of a good like set. It it's works okay. pretty well. There's a really weird soundscape in this whole movie, especially this opening there's scene. A- there's all these weird echoes. Everyone's constantly echoing everything where it's like, hey, 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 hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like that, basically. Um, stop, 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 stop. There's, there's two, weird, there's two really aspects of the sound design, design that, that annoyed the hell out of me. One was the echo, and then the other was there's this constant splotch mm-hmm. sound. <laughs> this weird splotch, and uh, apropos, yeah. like, like, out of nothing. Like, why did it make that sound? That's a robot. So, that's interesting, too. All right. So, then we cut back um, down these robots, to... Like, these robots have to kill people by, like, punching through their chest mm-hmm. and, like... Very generic murder. Some, sometimes they throw spears. Um, it gets really... Because the asylum... It gets really weird really later on spears. at the end of this movie, too. We'll t- I want to talk about what the robots do at the end of this movie, but... Oh, I really want okay, to Okay, so that. then we cut back down to Earth, and we see this sort of, like, they're in, this, we see this really high-tech room where a bunch of government people, I assume, and they're scientists an are discussing the, the this information in, an like, an Apple store. Really weird. They're, 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 yeah, they're, they're in this, like, big white room that looks totally sterile, and then there's just, like, holographic... There's like holographic screens in front of them the whole time. Also, that guy who's the president is he one of the mayor's assistants from Death Race? Could be. Two thousand. If he looks familiar, yeah. well, granted, it's like, not important because like this three, guy dies. Three quarters instantly. of the cast in this movie was like, oh, I've seen mm-hmm. this. I've seen these people in in other asylum films. Um, I got really excited when I saw this because like, oh shit, is this gonna be the whole film? Everyone walking in this weird green screen oh, room. Oh god, yes, it's gonna be I, fucking I was, weird was... and gray. And then. The TRs invade Earth and they die instantly. So it's like whatever. 
Oh, in, yeah, within five minutes, all of these characters are dead. And a, so after everybody's murdered that we see, we also see this gang of, like, these cool, like, not cool. They're not cool at all. They're really lame. Um, <laughs> these, like, they're pi- cool like in, space pirates, Yeah, they're space basically? pirate guys who I guess are hired by whatever government on Earth exists. I do, they don't they, really establish if it's America look, or just, like, some sort of Earth gov. They never explain it. It's they're they're like the rescue team. Yeah, yeah. There to like they've been sent for space to the space station. Um, but there's three of them, and as my girlfriend said, they look like a boy band. Yeah, man. One of them. Hot, one dude. of them looks like there's a, there's a Han them... Solo guy there who's great. Again, he has like right. two lines of dialogue, so he's it's not great. There's like yeah, there's one guy with curly hair who looks like a boy band. He looks like he looks like one of the guys from One Direction. There's a bald guy who looks like Jesse Pinkman, and then there's a black guy with a bandana and I think earrings who looks like um one of the uh one of the guy one of the guys from Black Eyed Peas. Like it's it's very weird. It's <laughs> fucked up that these aren't our main characters since they're like infinitely more interesting they're, the way they're introduced i was like oh these like, are gonna be this, our this is gonna be awful dialogue but boys are gonna be fun and then nope they disappear for the rest of the film to the very end so i'm kind of gr- i'm kind of grateful because they would have worn on me very quickly. maybe but they would have probably been things to talk about so then we cut yeah. back down to earth but i thought this was i i thought this was the past because we cut back i thought too, too. i thought they went back to because the, the filter changes the, the, because the it's an orange changes. filter yeah, the filter changes and we cut to a very you know rural california town is rural it's middle supposed to be it's supposed to be middle of nowhere but apparently we're also right next to la so that's i weird. was just gonna say yeah it's it's this like farming slash like warehouse like town that's like on the outskirts of the la metro area um i mean when you look at the credits it says they filmed an oxnard so there you go it's oxnard but i will say this oxnard doesn't have a view of the la skyline right. that's the thing where it's just like they they just like they look over they see like something pass through the sky they look over and they see a nuke hit la although it's really funny because you just see a little tiny mushroom cloud behind yeah, the yeah, skyline it, does, it, it doesn't, doesn't even, even take out wave. the skyline no. But anyway, so yeah, so they're out in like an Oxnard or San Bernardino or Again, wherever the hell this is. This movie, to be. this Fontana. movie is um, Oxnard become human. It's the plot of this o- movie. <laughs> oh. But but where's the where's the like press X to <laughs> press like, X to feel what? press well, that, X to a, emotion? What's the what's the thing at the in in in, in Detroit where like it's like he, you you get to choose the slogans and they're all like civil rights. Why well, I, I have a dream is the the most. Yeah. One of them is I have a dream. Um, another is like we're we are human too. Our lives matter. Something I think like is that. one of yeah. them. It's pretty on the nose. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we can't talk. We can't talk about Detroit because because they. That, I want to talk about we Detroit. We can't talk about human. Detroit becoming human. Um, anyway, so back down on Earth, where there's this couple, and the girl's name is Tiffany. The guy is an unnamed dude, but he's like Doesn't cheating matter. on a different girl named Chloe, who's the main character in this movie. Um, yeah, he's cheating on Chloe with T- Tiffany. We also see a um, sheriff man. But but T- Tiffany Tiffany's like oh like uh, like you know like come on and he's like I like 
I mean, I'm still in a relationship. And she's like, I thought you took care of that. And he's like, well, it got complicated. She's pregnant. She doesn't really but I didn't know all, he, he was really talking weird. about Chloe. Yeah, yeah. You don't I, th- find that, the end of the that movie. That scene happened. That scene happened. And I had no idea who he was talking about. And then, like, like near the end, Tiffany goes, like, I was with your husband. And they flash back to that moment. And thank God they did because I would have had no idea what, what they yes. were talking about. I'd forgotten. There's a sheriff. Yes, there's a sh- it's a really sort of awkward kind of sheriff guy who's constantly giving these weird little sort of like inspirational quotes to everybody all the time. He's like giving like life advice. It's constantly to people, life advice. advice. Good. Um, he's he's he talks about be- while you think what? he's the guy who's going to be in charge, he basically does nothing this entire movie, um, at all ever. Like he never oh, takes responsibility s- oh, for you anything say ever. That, but. <laughs> Um, so everyone's living the normal relaxing life in this small California town where nothing ever happens. Um, they imply that there's a sort of like all the TR4s are this sort of like slave race they rule over, like in Detroit Become Human, though we never really see this even happen. They just sort of, they just the talk that... about how that exists. But what's really this confusing is, thing... is that this is a ruler nowhere town. Yeah, and it's like where they have why temporary is the, this is the future? But like, why is everybody living like it's two thousand nine when this movie this is, came out? No, this is this is the thing that killed me, and this is why I thought like, oh, this that that all that stuff yeah. we saw that was the future, and now we're in the present because you cut to it, and there's just like a slow moving freight train going through town. They're driving beat up. Everyone pick, has pick Nokia phones. You know, there's there's like, yeah, they just have like regular cell phones. Like, it's just it's just 2009. But it's like but so I thought like, oh, OK, so it, like the Terminator, they went back into the past. They're going back to past. Skynet, like sent off all the nukes and everything. OK, yeah, sure. Um, and but then it's like, but no, this is a present in which we have space stations. We have spaceships that can like that require very little fuel in order to like achieve space flight space flight like you don't need a space shuttle where it's like rockets and like lots of fuel it's very easy and also we have humanistic super realistic androids yeah like this is all happening they don't even do the Detroit become human thing now. where they even imply the essence of being like job shortages because of all the robots everyone seems to be doing right. everyone seems to be pretty happy with this robot slave race we never see yeah, like you could say like, oh, this takes place in the future in which like all of the like technological progress is in the hands of a few people and like everyone else is just stuck with the technology we have now. But it's not even that. It's just it's just now. It's just the present. Um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, the, the TRs are attacking everybody um, from drop ships. Oh, yeah, they land on yeah. Earth. Though they apparently they're already Earth, on okay. Earth, which doesn't make any sense. Because they're constantly talking about how the TR4s... But they also come down in ships. Yes, it's, I don't know why they do both. Um, they start running around killing, gratuitously murdering everybody in the, the town. The sheriff guy freaks out, and he comes across a, like a group of survivors who are hiding in a warehouse. Every All, all the scenes where yeah, the TRs are killing people, I was just like, imagine him going like, are you Sarah Connor? Are you Sarah Connor? <laughs> and just shooting everyone. They, get, they find like machines. They like, because like the guy's like pointing like the gun at like the cars and whatnot. And it's like, are you Sarah Connor? Are you Sarah Connor? Are you Sarah Connor? They don't talk, by the way. They don't talk, which is a real, I mean, maybe it's, it's for the best. Yeah. But like, that's, I want, that's a big aspect. Jack, of, I'm pretty sure we mentioned this already, but they're all the exact same actor too. 
So these scenes right, where you see the all the exact same actors standing around. That is around, hilarious. And it's good shit. They had to like they had to splice in six different shots. I might finally bring back actor. my gift making to some to show some of those clips. There's some good gift those, bits. Those were really maybe funny. I'll those maybe I'll bring really back funny. the gifts because boy that was those that was a pain in the ass to do. <laughs> um, they can run really fast and somehow Chloe Chloe could outrun. Well, they're Lauren, they're actually all really slow. Everyone's able to outrun them seemingly. This this really. This annoyed me. This annoyed me because they're shown being like they're very active. They can run very fast and like you know, and they and they're all carrying uh, like semi-automatic pistols, um, like you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, do you not understand the aspect of the Terminator? He moves slow. <laughs> He he's heavy. He's a machine. Mm. He doesn't run. The Terminator doesn't need to run because he's he's invincible. Like he doesn't. Oh, and they also um, they're they're bulletproof. They're also bulletproof. Um, but um, um, people though, which is funny because sometimes that, that, that because good. oh, everyone carries guns the entire way through, even all the way to the end. They're carrying guns as if guns have any use against these things. But what's funny is sometimes they shoot them and they don't even flinch. It's just like ping, 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 ping. But then other times they shoot them and they like flinch. They yes. like pull back or something. Um, it's like, <laughs> and it's not like a shotgun. It's just like like bullets you know it's it's completely inconsistent but no it, this annoyed me that they were like oh action 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 they're like they're running and everything also the the aspect of that the way to start it how it was on a spaceship mm-hmm. and there were androids and they're like oh i hate these new models this felt very alien to me sure. which is another reason why i was annoyed that they don't seem very robotic because in alien that's a big reveal that like that guy's an android but it's like but then you look back and you think oh well now they think about it yeah he did act kind of cold and 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 robotic so okay that makes sense here it's just they're just they, they don't talk but well, like do they that, john we'll get to that later well, so <laughs> all right so um the sheriff is now hanging out with this survivor group in the warehouse Chloe is, is is able to hotwire a van. She's driving that around. She just knows how to do that. Um, these survivor people, there's only like the only three of them that are of any interest. All the other ones are die, like basically instantly. There, yeah, there are main characters. Unfortunately, yeah. there's a really paranoid guy in the group who's like who's really suspicious of everyone at all times. He he. Oh yeah, that guy. Um, I, and then there's the guy who dies like five minutes in. Yes, there's a military, there's some sort of explosives expert who's a woman. She's like, I don't even know where her deal is. She knows a lot about not guns even and explosives. She was an explosives expert until she says yeah. that about two thirds of the way through the movie, and I'm like, oh, that's her deal. Okay. Oh yeah, apparently there's like a military base somewhere near this town, which they never even get mm-hmm. to. Actually, I guess they do. Maybe I don't. Again, I don't know. Um, there's this so. black girl who's part of the group who's like weirdly passive this entire film and basically serves she, no purpose uh, but to get injured and be a weird damsel in distress character, which sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's her, 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 her leg gets fucked up. And then sometimes she can limp. Other times she has to be carried. Um, basically, she's just there to be manhandled by the, the male yeah. members of the cast, it's... to be picked up and carried around until she finally dies. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, um, it's she's pretty also, gross. The, she's <laughs> it's kind also, of awful, which is not, She's you know, also... Yeah. She's also the one of the main uh, actors from uh, Sunday School Musical. Is it her? It's uh. her. Huh. Yeah, that sucks. 
That's a shame. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, so this group of survivors, guys, they're all, they have no, literally no communication skills. They mostly spend their time screaming at each other. Oh, they just scream the entire time. I can't, I can't, I was thinking about this. The, the direction from the director, I, I always get the sense from Asylum films that no one is having any fun. (laughs) That yeah. they're that that like that that everyone's just really like pressed for time and tired and everything, and watching this movie, it was like it was really thinking about that mm-hmm. because I was like, what's the direction that these actors are being given? Because it feels like the director just said, "Scream more, scream more, scream, 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 scream." You need panic, 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 panic. Come on, like run. I, yeah, you know? I mean, it feels like that because get, everything like. like we get like testimonies from like the insane clown posse who basically described that's what that was like, you know. And there's but there's supposed yeah. to be a big deal, right? So I have to wonder what they do with the the nobody actors. Like, how do they treat them? God, the damn. same or is it yeah, even no. worse? I don't know. Uh, probably probably worse. I'm sure worse. Um, I'm sure the 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 female cast members get particularly bad from the asylum crews. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's like it. Everything's so like manic you know it's it's like no one has time to breathe no one has time to think and and every scene with like five or more people they're just constantly screaming over each other you can barely discern any dialogue from it it's it's so frantic and hectic and panicked and you can argue from a story sense that kind of makes that makes some degree of sense, but at some point they need to sort of like you know learn and come together and you know all that and that just never right, happens. Like, so apparently David Michaelet wrote the screenplay for this movie. And I have to wonder like how much of a script are those really, and how much of this is just sort of ad libbed or like kind of. Just oh, I'm sure a lot. Of, I'm sure a lot of it is yeah ad lib. I'm sure they're just uh, like telling the actors to like more, right. more, <laughs> more, which is why no one looks like they're having fun because they're not. You know, they're just like, oh my god, I just want to get this fucking over with. So eventually, Chloe finds them, and they all get inside her van. And they drive off. It's kind of like it's kind of like how the uh, the nostalgia critic directed his you're gonna people. oh john you're gonna rail the stop <laughs> gonna bring the subject again rail on him again man the the like it will, it, what's what what's what the, the i forget i forget his actual name but the guy who plays spoonie he described doug walker and rob walker's direction is just be zany mm-hmm. be zanier be zanier and they would always use the clip where he was acting the most over the top right. Um, so that's kind of what I picture Asylum Productions to be like. Yeah, I could see that. But instead, it's just like, be be more screamy. Just scream a lot more and be more spooked. More screamy, more panicky, Stop, just, more just, yelly, just act, more act whiny. Like you're, you don't know what's going on at all times. Because you don't. Because you don't. Your character literally, like, yeah. You, like, you, you, never, everyone, you give, all play We morons. didn't give you a script. We didn't give you a script. You literally don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> um, I, I had to bring up Doug Walker. It's very topical. Do you know how many like nostalgia critic like, <laughs> we, like we can't we can't get in we can't get into this 
Dude. <laughs> we so we can't talk it. about I'm dog so walker. Into, I'm so into it, dude. I'm so into like the like how everyone's trashing Doug Walker. Because oh, everyone's great. in the same yeah. boat we everyone's in the same boat we're in, where it's just kind of like we grew up on that stuff, we loved it at the time, and it's just kind of like, Oh, you suck. Yeah, and actually you always kinda sucked, huh? And you always sucked. Yeah. And like it's like we all we grew up, you didn't, <laughs> you know. Anyway, I'm sorry. Move on. Um yeah, so Chloe and the gang are now in inside their van um their van is this big funny furry furry wheel like this is like that fur cover which is oh, it's great got the, yeah, it's, got the, it's got the steering wheel the big the big goofy steering wheel well well you know that's just that's just what cars look like yeah the that's the future car um while they're driving they, they get a radio on that then it gives you like a reporting where it's like <laughs> they give a list of cities where it's like you, please the play list. this please i will play if you this can, audio. drop yeah, the audio because it's it's the guy being like here's a list of the cities that were destroyed which is super vague to start off with destroyed no no no, 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 no. wait let me do it. wait let me do it let me do it let me do it here's the list of the cities that have been destroyed new york chicago los angeles san antonio like it just goes on from there. Um, no, yeah, no flyover <laughs> cities. Thank God, they're all good. Well, I I, I started. <laughs> everyone, I everyone, started I st- it's really only like fifteen cities that are actually gone, which is you know. I, well, then they turn it off, I think. But I started. I started like joking and being like like Des Moines, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Sioux City, <laughs> Tucson, Nevada, but like the one in Iowa, R- Raleigh, uh. Syracuse. Boise, Nashville, Tampa. (laughs) (laughs) It goes on for like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's so robotic. Maybe an Android. I love the word destroyed. It's just so irritatingly vague. Like, what does that mean, destroyed? But I I loved how dead it sounded. It was really funny. Um. Yeah, um, it definitely lacks the spirit of any other of those moments in any like like there's no. Also, it's like if all of those cities have if all of those cities have been nuked, there's no real happy ending to be had now. Yeah, you know, I get we know it's it's kind of over. Um, the 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 nuclear winter is coming. If if that many also also as my girlfriend pointed out, they're all American cities. Yeah, yeah, again, which is confusing. I don't know. Is it though? Yeah. <laughs> to the asylum, it isn't. To the in-universe reasons, it's weird and doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, the yeah. asylum doesn't know anything other than Paris, which we see the Eiffel Tower get destroyed all the time, oh, and, and London, and London. Because uh, apparent, because well, as we all know, the most, the worst thing that can happen in any asylum movie is the governor mis- missing an action, which is like the the, the we know the shit gets bad because the governor is not there anymore. This is that's, true. That's we know shit is like oh shit. In fact, they should have a list of all the governors who are dead on, <laughs> on the radio, too. You know, I'm surprised. You know, that would have actually been kind of... That would have been seen as an interesting little jab in this movie. Because this was made after Schwarzenegger was the governor of oh. California. Oh, wow. So he if they had put that in, in this movie, it would have probably been seen as a little jab. Like, oh, yeah, that pussy Schwarzenegger. <laughs> we're, doing the, we're doing the real Terminator. The real one. Like, That's like not that, that might have been seen... That might have been seen as because that's that's what happens in all of these movies. Like every shark movie is like I feel like legally obligated to make a Jaws mm-hmm. reference in the sort of spirit of like 
oh well yeah that pussy jaws this is the re like our shark's even bigger you know so it's like if they put governor mia in this movie like like you and i would know what right. it is it's just like oh yeah they just recycle they just do this in every asylum movie but someone who doesn't know that would have seen that and gone is that like a jab yeah, at Schwarzenegger? Maybe. That'd be, you know, yeah. They certainly they missed an opportunity. That. They really missed opportunity. They had it. They had it. It was right there sitting there. But they only make these movies in like a week. So they never, they didn't have time. While this is going on, Chloe's really sad. She's trying to contact her husband on the phone, but he won't call back. And it's really funny because this is really weird dissonance. We're listening to all the cities getting destroyed. And she's like, where's my husband doesn't love me. He won't call me back. Oh, Chloe, <laughs> it's like, what, Chloe, what, dude, the world's ending. Why are you? Chloe Now's not the time, the, Chloe. Chloe is the weirdest fucking character. And she she's the, she's the one who makes it all the way to the end. She's the weirdest hmm. fucking character in this because she has moments where she's sort of like, there's a moment where they come up to a camp and like they're like, um, I, I guess this is where they're stealing the fuel. I think for for the ship, we'll we'll establish it later. But she's like, she's like, like, like smiling and like skipping. She's like holding a gun, but she's kind of like skipping. Like, you yeah. know, like, and then there's one moment where she's kind of like smiling and like sort of cracking jokes. It's like she she's. She's very strange. She's like she has this. I would believe that she's a robot. Mm. She's like she's very like they, they prove they confirm later that she's actually not a robot, John. Be, because she's, she's pregnant, pre- right? Pregnant with the husband guy who dies and it, early and in this movie. And it has absolutely zero impact. Um, on the something plot that happens at around this point is that we see Tiffany and her husband having sex in a warehouse before he's murdered by the TRs, and Tiffany flees. Oh, but this is before. This, this is a bit before in the movie, but might as well mention it. Um, I love the idea yeah. of like having like Tiffany's like, oh, I lost my virginity in this warehouse, <laughs> which is like, dude, I knew she was to say that because because like uh, he goes there and they go there and and he's like, so I, like you said you wanted to show oh, me man, something. Oh man, I love the like, husband's this, acting this, too. This building, no, no, I remember the line. She goes like, this bi- place has a lot of sentimental value to me, and he's like, oh, why is that? And I'm like, oh, she's gonna say she lost her virginity here or something, and then she did. I was like, I love how un. Confused that guy seems with the concept of even having sex in the first place. Like he seems like he doesn't well, have any time for it. Like what? What do you well, want? Were we here? Well, he's, what, well, what are you he's, even? He's, what are you implying? You know? It's it's like a it's it's like a, a mark in the room basically. <laughs> but he um but basically it's it's because he's conflicted. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I am married and she's pregnant, right? So. I feel bad about this. I'm still going to do it, but I feel bad about it. But yeah, so her husband is dead. Chloe's husband is dead. Um, That's why he won't call back. Sorry, Chloe. And they don't, they don't run into Tiffany until like the end of the movie, movie, basically. And yeah. 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 All right. So suddenly a spaceship starts attacking the van and there's this, God awful chase scene where they're trying to flee from from the they're going spaceship. up like a dirt road or something. And it's yeah. really awful to watch. Really miserable. They crash the van in a puddle. Um, oh and yeah. Decide That's to make right. it out. The on one foot. puddle in the mm-hmm. desert. Somehow they found it and crashed into um, it. And and I guess and the I guess the spaceship sort of lost interest or something. Yeah, so they decide to make it out on foot. Um, oh, they got tired. The black girl mentioned earlier. This is what she fu- she fell out of the van. Oh yeah, she got catapulted out of the van. Honestly, I almost like, I was almost sort of assumed the paranoid guy pushed her out or something. 
I actually missed this scene. Okay. I they step, don't, you I don't see it, but a... I, it almost feels like she's got pushed out of the van. I'm sitting by Paranoid Man as a sort of I, I, base Basically, I was I was on the phone with my girlfriend while we were simultaneously watching oh, the for movie. for shame, and then, John. And, you weren't focusing the on connection... this movie. Yeah, so they, they, go, they go back to rescue the girl who fell out of the vehicle. Um, they, they pick her up. They're suddenly surrounded by a bunch of TRs, but then a dude up on a nearby hill shoots them all with a magical space gun and kills them all or shuts them down or he, whatever. He's got like a phaser, um, basically. After this happens, the gang instantly gets incredibly angry at this mystery savior guy. Save and they're like, they pull, they pull like, gun the on him. <laughs> they pull a gun on him like, why did you save us? What are you doing? And it's like, dude, what? Yeah, what if this is this, this is this is an hour into the apocalypse. This is not like you're no one has lost their humanity yet, you know? You, you, why are you asking these questions? This is like this is like month in zombie apocalypse sort of storyline questions that people ask. You know? Yeah, this is like basically the the they're they're trying to do a I want to do this too. Like, they, so I want our house to flood or something, right? And then the helicopter is gonna come rescue me. I'm gonna be like, why did you save me? Why did you save us? Because <laughs> uh, we're the Red Cross. That's our job. Why did you do it though? The um. The the asylum is kind of doing the thing where like they in this movie where they're like they're kind of trying to play with the idea that like oh like these robots look like people so like you know there could be and so the fact that the, he has a space gun they're like oh maybe he's a robot yeah the paranoid too, guy is you know? mainly the guy who's really suspicious but the, this, but the paranoid guy mainly questions is like you could be a tr um. This is really weird. Yeah, he, he be TR. But this false flat yeah. because they they're from a they're from a, a goddamn like truck stop mm-hmm. basically. Like it's like the androids do not seem to be an aspect of their lives. So it's like why are they instantly going with the like he could be a robot? Well, it's even kind of like, then, you haven't really you haven't really established. They've not established that at all. And do the only the the weird anno- the really annoying thing too. Is the fact that all the, again all the TRs look exact, exact same because all played by the same actor? So the idea right. of some other guy not now, granted, looking it's like it's a them, newer model again, and this is annoying. Like he's a newer model, which implies that there's older models. Yeah. So it's like okay, so we just this is just a world where androids exist. Mm-hmm. Fine, I'll buy that. But you need to do a little bit more world building than just like oh, and then there's just like they're only up in space apparently. Like, that's like, not true either, though. That's not any, true. There's a line early in this movie when they start killing everybody where, like, one of the TRs walks up to this guy working in, like, some sort of warehouse area. And he says, uh, didn't I tell you to finish this, start cleaning up and finish your job before he gets murdered? Which implies that, like, I guess all I the TRs that. are, like, working as basically slaves, you know. Okay, so unlike Detroit Become Human, there's been no establishment of, like, oh, this is a world in which androids are a, like, just fact of yeah. life. And so the, the and so this is the impact it's had on the world. It's like, no, they just live in, like, a poor, like, like farming warehouse community, like a, tr- like, like a truck stop, basically. It's like, yeah, they just live out here in, like, in a town, and it's like, okay, so do you want to, like, illustrate... Any, any aspect lore. of of anything that's been like, well, how the world has changed. Even just a bit of dialogue. Mm-hmm. The only at the time they every now and then they'll even now then they'll throw something out. This is like, why are the TRs doing this? Were they hacked? Who's ha- is some sort of terrorist to hacking them? They'll they'll say stuff like that. 
you know, it's so lazy. It's so. Fa- I mean, I, I know it's the assignment, <laughs> right, but, know, like, but like all the it all feels, these movies are lazy. It feels weird. But it's like lazy. you're you're gonna throw, which is why at the start of the movie I was confused. I was like, is this supposed to be the the present and that was the future? But it's like, nope. This is just a world in which androids mm-hmm. exist. Oh, and everyone's aware well, of how that it, too. Yeah, and everyone is everyone's used to that idea. It's like, oh, okay, but like. How how do how do how has that impacted the world? Like, should it that like should the world look different if it if it's full of androids? No, no, no. It looks exactly the same. Um, yeah, it does have the Detroit become human problem, which is like everyone seems to be owning these androids despite everyone being poor and broke. See that's like I really, mean, it's kind of it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, that goes back. Well, that goes back to uh, Metropolis, the original like robot movie, because that's where like there's a Rooker rebellion against mm-hmm. the robots because the robots are taking all the jobs. Except um, everyone else seems to own so, them, I mean, including the evil drug. That's, a, that's just evil an old drug. That's just an old drug dad. trope. <laughs> that's just an old trope in the Who Has a Robot right. Dog. <laughs> hey, that's, that's spoilers! Old, oh my gosh, John! You guys watch out, a, dude. Um, that's <laughs> a um, no. That's just, but that's an old tro- the idea of like, oh yeah, like automation is replaced. Like that's an old trope in like you know in 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 like android robot you know genre. Um, so that's fine. But I mean, but it's but there's no indication that like this is a like abnormal abnormally poor community. Right. It just looks like now. Mm-hmm. It's just now. But there's androids. And, yeah, and I guess they own them, and they do basic manual labor. Maybe. How much does it cost to get an android? I don't know. Who, I, who has an android? Apparently, a warehouse worker does. A warehouse owner guy. I mean, that's like, okay, so moment, like, that's do, the only time we do, see this do, reference is the warehouse owner guy. So, like, do freight companies have androids? What do they use them for? Just like picking up crates and cleaning up stuff. According to least that one guy who gets angry. I also love the idea that, like, this is the thing. Also, in anything that's androids in it, that bugs me is that you would create a humanist, hum- like, realistic human-looking and they all android look the same? to I don't do. Know. To do Great. to just do the things that people do and not like a robot that's specifically designed for that task. Right. Like to like lift crates. It's like well, wouldn't you just make a robot that like is like a forklift basically, but it can steer itself? Like, would it that be what you would make? Not a a, a human. But what what know? about the emotions and the humans? They must be but human. But it doesn't to have any emotion. Ha- that's well, why in Wall E all the robots Wall-E. look like humans, John. But that's that's the brilliance of Wally. <laughs> is it looks like a no, robot? No, no. See, everyone looks like humans in Wally. That's that. That's what that movie was about. Because because no, only humans they look like listen, robots. Look, John. If it, only people who look like human can be human. Um, that's that's the fact of the world. That's the literal opposite of <laughs> the moral. It's, in it's actually kind of fucked. That that's what a lot of. One of the robots looks like an iPhone. The other robot looks like a box of junk. There's like boxy robots. There's like they look like robots. It's a really they're cuter for it. It's a really weird moral issue on these these concepts for sure. That's actually that's a fun line from uh, a good point from iRobot with Will Smith, where like he's going like, "Why did you make him look like human? Like you know, like you always make him look like human. It's it's weird. It's creepy and stuff. It's like yeah, actually people don't like that shit. People people if, if we're gonna have robots, people want yeah, cute, like, fun robo dogs. The police surveillance robo dogs. Not not the not the like Boston Dynamics. No no robots. those ones. Those the police surveillance creepy. Boston Dynamic robo dogs. No, not those. They have to be boxier and cuter. Uh, people find those robots apparently very cute, though. I think. 
A lot of people find those. Those people are those people are crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get back to this movie though. So paranoid man is really suspicious of. I believe his name is what it's uh, Kurt. He's like he. They reveal also reveal that Kurt worked for the people who make the robots, whatever company that is. Oh, it's like right, Tyron yeah. Corp or something generic like that. Something yeah, Mega Corp. Yeah, Mega Corp. Um. He it was really funny. So paranoid guy then starts smoking a cigarette, which causes Kurt to freak out and say, "No, they can detect heat signatures." Which is like that points his gun. Yeah, at and it's him. like, it's like but, put it out, put it out. But he doesn't explain. But you guys why. are a bunch of flesh hot, bags of hot flesh. So apparently, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> they no, I love that. I love that. So so the so like a also he he goes back into his house and he has a little shrine with a little like Jesus thing like, really uh, weird this movie has a lot a of little weird crucifi- tales yes no he has reason. he has a little crucifix like statue and a bunch of candles mm-hmm. around it my girlfriend went wait i thought you weren't supposed to like light anything <laughs> guys uh, yeah it's a weird hypocrite asshole um, but um but yeah i was thinking the same thing it's like okay so you're not allowed to light a cigarette but like but the heat signals, but like, but they can't pick up you? a human right. body. Apparently, they know? can. I get. I mean, I guess. I guess if they're looking at like the woods, they'd be like, "Oh, there's some deer or something." Like they, like maybe they have a hard time. But, of it, but wait, no, no, they're fucking robots. They can detect what a deer and a human looks like. Come on, that's a, that's yeah, a terrible. <laughs> that doesn't make also, any sense. Also, now that you think about, then you mention it, we never saw RoboVision in this movie, no. which is probably a good thing. But they would have liked it. I don't know. Just something. Given that's a ripoff of Terminator, you'd think they'd have put it in. Yeah. They could just use the exact same like robo design they used in um Alien versus uh, Predator or whatever Hunter or whatever they called it. Oh, Alien. You know, Alien. Well, no, man, no, Predator. the Asylum movie Alien versus Hunter. Remember? Oh, yes, yeah, that one. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Which was based off Predator. Yeah, yeah, they have Predator vision in that movie. They could just use the exact same. <laughs> They could just yeah, done they could that. Took anyway, it also it also still kind of kills me that like the robots never speak. The TR four slash fives never speak. It's sort of like look what made the Terminator kind of fun was that like it was Schwarzenegger and he had all those one liners, especially T two where like it like oh T two so full of like such great one so many good lines so many good lines that he hangs up it's like your foster parents are dead right like you know, like so it's kind of like and they have nothing. Um, in this movie nothing kurt's a weird character because his whole jesus shrine is really strange and is never elaborated on it's just a it's a weird it's just feels like we're gonna enter a faith film or something um doesn't i would i wouldn't go that far it but it's like it's sort of an element that's just brought up and then never like it is in this universe it's like christianity band or something right to the point that it might as well not have happened. Like, why does he have a secret shrine to Jesus like it's illegal or something? In this universe, is it illegal? I don't know. I don't think it's secret. I think he just lives in a shitty house, and that's just the only place he could set up the sure. shrine. Sure, except he, the fact that he's rich or whatever. Or he presumably has a lot of money. Is he rich? Well, he's there on a job. we find this out later. We'll get to that later. Anyway, so Kurt knows a lot about the TRs because he works for the company, and he has a bunch of shuttles that he wants to use to blow up the TRs in space. Where they're getting all their orders from in this on the space station from early in the movie. Oh yeah, the space station is is sky. But he needs basically. fuel, so they're like, we gotta go get some fuel. But suddenly a TR ship appears and starts attacking them. They're able to somehow hijack the ship and then they instantly crash it. Instantly. Um, 
I think also the black girl who injured herself just dies like off like randomly, and it's like why even? No, no, she gets she shot. Shots, but it's shot. like ten minutes within this whole sequence, which makes you wonder why. It's they not even... random. It's not random. It's not random. Like the paranoid guy is like you know like. I want to. Like, I'm you know, saying like... random in the sense of why did they even let her live in the past like ten minutes? Like it just feels like a weird decision to kill her off. Ten minutes. Oh, after like why she not kill injured. her off when she she got it's, catapulted it's, it's, it's out just, of the It's van. a weird. Yeah. It just feels very mean spirited. I don't know. It, well, it's it's it's. I mean, basically, she she. We had us had like fifteen minutes of her screaming. I can't move. <laughs> yeah. My leg is broken. <laughs> I can't move. We had to have like fifteen minutes of that. But yeah, so they crash this this ship. They get instantly. They instantly crash it. Immediately, they get shot down. They then walk to some sort of storage warehouse where there's a bunch of fuel there. Um, I may, I think this is supposed to be the military place they've been talking about. Maybe I guess, but it looks like shit. It's like a junk. Uh, Chloe hot wires a new truck there, but a bunch of TRs appear and they they flee. A TR gets in the truck and they fight. Um, it almost kills Paranoid Man, but then the explosive expert girl sacrifices herself to save Paranoid Man. I think they shoot it the whole time. It's like they keep shooting it. It's like you know gun bullets don't do right. anything by this point. Why are you shooting it? I love after this big sacrifice, the paranoid guy continues to be this huge asshole anyway. Like, oh, like God. he freaks out this happened to him, but he's like, he's like, he, he's, he's the worst guy in this whole film. He's such a drag. Is this is is it after this where he has the big meltdown mm-hmm. of like I'm just I'm just a middle yeah, manager my job from is a gone. junkyard. My life is gone. Oh, this sucks, dude. What can I? Well, it's also kind of like like what can I do? I'm just a middle manager in a junkyard. It's just like I don't fucking dude, I, care. I don't care about your shitty sob story, dude. These robots trying to kill us right now. Yeah, focus, man. Please focus or focus or die. You know. Um. So they have this feel now. So uh, Kurt fi- has a shortcut back to where the sh- the drop ships are. So they walk through this 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 um like underground tunnel system. And I felt really bad for the actors the actors oh, yeah. at this point because it's like, dude, this is a that that's like a real place they're walking around in this shitty underground tunnel system, you know? Yeah. And I think all the cobwebs you see in that scene are all real. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! Oh no, no, they're 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 far. Which is like, real. man, this must have sucked to like walked around in and been forced to like act in. I don't know. It could, it could have been okay. It's a pretty short mm. scene, so it, it was probably pretty short. There's this is great bit okay. where the paranoid guy is like, he just starts questioning the script, which is like, this is really weird. Why are we doing this? This doesn't make any sense. It's like, stop! Oh, you can't my ask favorite question, my... paranoid man. <laughs> this is a silent movie. My favorite. My favorite thing about the paranoid guy during the scene is like he's lugging the the, the 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 thing of fuel, the little tank of fuel, which is just like a little oxygen mm-hmm. tank, or like actually it looks like it's a like helium a big tank. yellow yeah helium tank. It's see. a big yellow helium. It probably tank, is one. They probably borrowed it from like a party I, center. Well, well, I mean, hey, that's how you that's how you get the spaceships mm-hmm. to lift. Okay, you <laughs> helium, helium in it exactly. In and you give the TR squeaky voices. Um, no, uh, but like, but he's like luggage, and he's like, he's like, oh, this is so heavy. And he keeps complaining about how heavy it is, but then he moves it so like quickly, oh, and like he's like switching it from shoulder to shoulder. It's like it clearly weighs only like five pounds, and the actor couldn't even like yeah. convey. What's heaviness. even funnier is the fact that the sheriff is not carrying it around. Uh, like, like I could okay. do that. All right, in this point in the like, movie... That's the, thing, that's the thing, like, I'm not an actor. I cannot act, and I could do a better job than that guy, making that thing look... I want to mention something that's interesting in this part of the film. 
everyone is covered in blood except the sheriff who is who's oh, yes. perfectly clean and you have to well, question is Kurt, Kurt's not covered in hmm? blood what? right Kurt has blood Kurt's Kurt has blood on him on his face but it's not as bad as Chloe and the paranoid guy Chloe is fucking covered <laughs> Just, uh, it's yeah, she, yeah it's pretty grim she, for them. is she and Tiffany and I think this is where they also run into Tiffany, Tiffany who somehow is able to get all the way over here the, those two are the ones that are really covered in blood. There's some really confusing things, too, I want to mention. We we skipped over a little bit. But there's a scene where Tiffany's hiding in the warehouse, as we see way earlier, and the TRs are putting a bunch of humans in body piles. Why are they doing... Yeah. Like, that's a really weird thing to show them do, right? Uh, and I almost had this interesting idea. It's like, oh, what if the TR was a cleaning robot and like he was and like he's just running his programming, which is to clean up all the bodies, and he puts he makes puts in a nice pile, and that would have been really interesting. But the movie didn't even reflect on the concept, which sucks. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So Tiffany's here again. She's panicked and freaked out, and she basically spends his whole time screaming, nonstop. Yeah. She spends the rest of the movie just being freaked out. Paranoid guy uses the opportunity to sneak off to smoke a cigarette. And this is really weird ass scene where some humans come up come up and he hides. And they're like, Hey, we got some pipe laying to do here. Come on, let's lay some pipes. And it's like, what the fuck? They were filming a porn. <laughs> they were filming a porn. Filming I don't know. But so it's like how wait, how do you guys not know the world's ending outside? What the fuck? And they're so they're just like they're busy doing their jobs. Like, hey, do you can you check the readings on the uh on the the thermostat over there, and there, and then the TR comes and kills them. I why did they write? I don't understand why this is written like this, because apparently the world is ended outside, and all the cities are again, blown up. So it's where these guys are just again, doing their job casually. They were just filming a porn. <laughs> I guess so. They didn't care. I don't know. Well, it's not they didn't care. They just didn't know because they were they were they were out mm-hmm. filming a porn now. Um. So paranoid guy escapes without the TR noticing the them. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, they all get out. Blah blah blah. Uh, he makes it back. Um, Chloe gives this really nonsensical speech about hope to Tiffany. It was like, you know, God cares. God believes in us. You know. Oh, is this the weirdly tender yeah. scene where like she has the bucket of water mm-hmm. and she's like, well, which is hilarious because it's 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 supposed to be like. We have a minute. Like I'm gonna clean you off, and all she does is like, like wipe like her like 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 left, no, her right cheek, and like, and then that's that's all the blood she gets off. And <laughs> that's she doesn't even it. Fully that's get good off. enough. And everything else, and they're still they're still drenched in blood after that. After this like moment, supposedly like I'm gonna clean you off, but it's this like yeah, it's like she's like she's like like kind of cleaning her, and it's like it's this oddly tender moment. It, in in the middle of nothing. Yeah, it's it's very it's, weird. It's so out of place. It's very weird. Um, the God bits are interesting, kind of too, um, because it it like calls back to the Jesus shrine earlier, where she's like they're questioning of like if God if like if God I didn't even exists I didn't even notice the God didn't? stuff. Okay. I didn't even notice the God stuff. I'm really aware of this because I was like, is this going to turn into a faith film? And it's no. You you've got the you've got the the sixth sense for it. Um. I I just have subtitles on John. I did too, but I still I don't remember that at all. Um, uh, Tiffany really just actually doesn't like this whole thing. She actually like runs off again, all sad. Um, yeah, she's all. They make. Oh wait 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 wait! I know. Uh, wait, what was the line? It was like um, 
it, it was basically like everything's going to be okay. Basically, yeah, yeah. she's trying it's to comfort. Like, We're going to yeah. make it through. And it's just kind of like you are drenched. You're like, both drenched like, in blood, and everyone's how died many around you. people yeah. have you seen die? It's not like, like, great. like it, it's just like oh, everything's going to be fine. It's like what are you talking about? Um. So they finally make it back to the surface to where the dropships are. There's this really funny scene where we just like cut to a TR and there's a big explosion behind him, and it's like, did some dirt blow up? What the fuck? And then like a and then like an empty warehouse also explodes randomly too, and it's like you guys spent a bunch of your money on this, huh? On these like nothing explosions, yeah. All right. Well, they're CG. It's CGI. You know. <laughs> uh, the sheriff gets shot when he they're all trying to escape on the dropship after it's been filled up, mm-hmm. and then we show that he has metal underneath the the bullet wound. Oh my god, he, the oh sheriff was god. a robot the entire time. This means what? nothing. To anyone, because the sheriff is a nothing character who does nothing this entire movie. No, this means everything to everyone. <laughs> this, everyone. And like, the question too is like, what does this even mean for the the plot? Because it's like, okay, so these uh, these like robots it means in disguise. nothing for the plot. What, who but, cares? But to the people there, they they are very interested in this. It's like, why even have this plot twist in the first place? You know, it's really so out it of left field. Out- doesn't mean mean anything. So it turns out that Kurt, his job has been to monitor the sheriff because the sheriff is an older, the newer model. model. Of Qu- corrections, he's a, the newest model. Oh, oh, he's the newest. Yes, he's model. a brand new okay. model who can think and feel just like humans can. And and the paranoid guy shoots the sheriff in the forehead, and it turns out he has T one thousand ability, where like it, it just, just heals, instantly yeah. heals. I don't know why it doesn't do that on his leg, but it does that on his I head. Don't know. Um, um, the parent really freaks and out, and he starts malfunctioning. Yeah. He starts like he starts like repeating himself now, which is like you can't do that <laughs> if you've spent so much time thinking like oh he's a human. He needs to keep acting the way he did before. It's really weird. You can't yeah. be like oh I'm a robot. I'm going to start talking like a robot. It, boy man, and the actor that. gives it all, doesn't he? He really he really gives us it all. Uh, in this, it's this it's big really reveal. it's it's very cringe inducing, and it's it's. Am. Human, I. It's am very sad real. to watch. It's just kind of like, why are you making <laughs> why this actor? This poor do guy, this? do this. I'll my throw air clip here. Just get an idea. It's rough. I don't understand. Shut up. Shut. I don't understand. Shut down. Shut down now. Shutting down. I feel pain. I feel anger. I feel what I believe is compassion. Will I know when I die? His acting is great too. He's doing these little fun robot dance moves, basically. Oh, he yeah, he like had jiggles. His, his arm, his yeah. Arm it's like why bit. why is your mobility all go- fucked up too? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, apparently they put the mobility sensors in the leg, you know, where he got shot, you know. <laughs> So they fight the TRs in space. There's like a, b- a big space battle that is, you know. Oh, God, all Star Wars <laughs> shit now where there's like just stuff spraying over Again, the screen. They're like, this shoot. Is the world when they, they shoot, in, it's apparently. like they shoot like, when they shoot like, you know, at the, at the, also everyone also is super invested in Chloe shooting them down and they're watching it as if they're seeing what's mm-hmm. happening outside and not through like, you know, Chloe's like, just Chloe just standing there with a pair of like VR yeah. goggles, basically. Like, 
Oh, um, parent guy is really weird out by this. He's like, Chloe, are you a robot too? You have to be a robot. How do you how do you know how to hot wire vehicles and shoot down spaceships? And Chloe's like, I'm not a robot because I'm pregnant. And this is everyone right. sort of calms down and realizes that whoa, Chloe's okay. pregnant. This means something to something. I this is important. And I think, I, as maybe. if like she she couldn't just lie about that. Yeah, but this calms everyone down. Everyone sort of relaxes a bit. Right. Um, they then eventually get tracker beams onto the space wheel ship from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sheriff Bot Again, is his new, new name. He's now Sheriff Bot. He's, he's asked Sheriff to Bot. stay on the ship. Um, to just, I guess, keep an eye on the ship. Whatever. You think he'd be useful, but I guess everyone's still really suspicious of him. Even Kirk. Yeah, you think like, oh, there's a, yeah, we have a robot on our side. But no. Um, they so they're running around the ship now, and this is when we get some real sort of wacky David Michael Latt prop work here. This is the stuff I yeah, want okay. to talk so about. So they walk in. There's a bunch of these humans who are like who look like they've been fused with the ship. They're like they've they're like these weird human flesh, like are like so spread out across all these machine parts. Yeah, it's really strange. so like they they've taken the dead bodies of all the humans that the robots have killed on the spaceship, and they've like merge them with computer parts so they put like hands on levers yeah they've this is like probably see there's a human head that's like stretched over a big pipe or whatever you know there's a human head stretched over and there's wires coming out of it and then there's and then biggest thing of all there's a pile of human parts with old computer mm-hmm. monitors like like 90s computer monitors stuck on top and there's one shot and i i had to tell yes. you about it where there's a frowny face spray painted on the or computer monitor. i don't know i don't know if that's supposed meaning, to actually be there really or it's a joke meaning meaning the 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 trs killed the people and then made conceptual right it's really weird and what is like what does that of, even imply it doesn't even make any sense because it's like they make conceptual art about like the mer about like man and machine, it's almost interesting you know, out of the if, dead bodies if they explained it of... at all <laughs> no, no like nothing this is it this is all you see but they made yeah they made conceptual art out of the dead bodies and a bunch of outdated computer equipment that like is like yeah it's like it's like a, a combination of, of like yeah man and machine and then they spray painted a frowny face on the computer monitor um <laughs> this yeah, this, this like, got to be david michael Latt doing this he loves this sort of like shit he loves this kind of prop work this? um it doesn't it's make like, any it's sense like, okay though. no it's like what are you impl- it's like okay like yeah the robots have rebelled and like you know they 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 i mean i i i guess they're trying to do a blade runner thing maybe where it's like well like you know the, they the, have the emotions mach- the, the machines too. Are, are they have emotions they're more like you know human-like than you think and stuff and so they've they've li- again i i can't get over this they've made conceptual mm-hmm. art the robots after murdering all the people made conceptual art out of their bodies and, but then this is or never is the, is the implication on. like they're trying to make more of them or something like that even I don't know I don't think it's even that it's it's it, it, it's not explained it's not, not that I want it to be explained it's just a weird thing you have in this movie I though have, right I would have at least liked them to have more than it's really this. weird to have this in this movie it's really weird to have into this, especially because it's a ripoff of Terminator, and Terminator is where the machines want to exterminate. Also, it, it also man. it's just like almost highbrow, like it almost feels like so, uh, some thought was put into it, 
you know? I would say it's more like something you'd see in Detroit Become Human. Well, Detroit, but yeah, well, it doesn't I, happen in Detroit Become Human, I don't think. Any... No, but it feels like something sure. you'd see in Detroit Become Human, you know? But, 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 but more gory, right. you know? And you could... Boy, this whole finale is really weird, too. Um, oh so Cl- Tiffany then finally reveals on. to Chloe that her husband cheated on her, and then proceed after this happens. Yeah, on the ship, she finally reveals. Then so this. Tiffany proceeds to walk off stage out of basically. Oh, she just runs she just, away. No, she literally walks oh. off into a room. And everyone walks in the opposite direction. Paranoid guy yeah, questions. Like, okay, Paranoid well, guy then gone. says in the next scene. Paranoid guy goes, "Hey, where did Tiffany went?" And then Kurt's like, "She's gone." He's like, "What? What? <laughs> what?" She quit. <laughs> she quit the movie. No, but it turns out she she goes into like another room and there's like a dead body. Tiffany's there, gonna shoot herself she, with a gun. She's on gonna this. shoot herself, and then suddenly the 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 the, the person starts the dead the, the the who we thought was dead starts talking to her. She's and like, "You failed. Like, you get, like, You're a failure." You coward. And she starts beg- she like begs for forgiveness. Give me back my gun. She's like, "I'm sorry. You know, I didn't stuff. mean to. I failed. I'm sorry." And she's like, "Oh, is Tiffany a robot too? I I don't know." No, I think she's just having a mental episode because then, like, and then, like, it goes back and then the person's, like, dead again. And it's just like, well, that was weird. I think that's all it was. I think it was just Tiffany having why, again, a break. Again, why now. is this in this fucking movie? <laughs> why is this here? Uh, again, it's like all the, yeah, all the stuff with Tiffany is, is really weird. It's like, it's like she's, yeah, she's, like, really traumatized and she has these, like, this mental breakdown. And it's totally out of place. It's completely, like, doesn't fit anything else that happens in this movie. Um, after this happens, Kurt tries to deactivate them with this big computer module. But the com- they say- he then states that the computer's fighting him back, so he's unable to turn them off. Um, right. And then the terror comes and finally kills Paranoid Man. It took long enough. Jesus. Finally. <laughs> he finally man. dies. Um, but then also gets shut off at the same time. Which is like, that's weird. Why are the TRs turned off? And it's like, oh, something like, is oh, lowering the power levels. Something's draining the power. Yeah, yeah. Finally, the rescue team from the very beginning of this movie finally arrives onto the ship. And they're like, hey, we're yeah. the rescue team. And they all. They've been stuck on the ship. They the all whole die time, after apparently. this. They all pretty much die instantly. We only get like a line of dialogue from each of them. Because the T10,000 billion we activates, call it. the Bionicle activates. And then. And it and that's what's been draining yes. the power out of the t- and and, it, and it's just a robot like it's not an android it doesn't look human it's just a big robot he's the leader or it's a big CGI like robot it kills it kills them all it kills Kurt Kurt just like tries to zap really it and it dies fashion, yeah. very yeah very unceremoniously for a main character he just gets like like jabbed like that's so it everybody's pretty much dead except Chloe and Tiffany the sheriff guy uh, grabs one of the TRs who's somehow still activated. And pushes them both out of an airlock, and they both get sucked into space. Oh wait, yeah, like no, that was like the 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 big the big bionicle. He corners Tiffany, and then the sheriff just shows up. He's like, hey, hey, he's just like waving at it, and that's enough for the bionicle to to chase him. And it turns out the room they're in is an airlock, and the sheriff yells like, Chloe, hit the button, and they and she hits it, and airlock, and they and they go fight. And it's a very funny CGI shot where they're just they're just <laughs> spinning good. in space, just these two little figures, just wee. So now we come back to Tiffany. Tiffany's running around. She's being chased by TRs, and then she, in an empty, dead end hallway, she comes across a literal on-off the switch. TR5 TR, control TR control switch. It's this tiny little fucking box that you'd think would be like for you know something that activates like a light, light switch. switches. And then the button is on-off, and she runs and switches it off. 
but it still doesn't so work. So it switches it off, but that doesn't but that doesn't turn it off. That doesn't turn the robot off. The robot's still about to shoot her, so she yanks the cords out of the box, and that turns, which <laughs> like, doesn't make any sense fuck? to me, but that's... What? They, they were shown they, they, already, they, already, they already have a computer console set. They could just could have reused that set, but you no, know, they've made a separate other set. They have an on off. An on off. You know what reminded me? It, it reminded me of the Simpsons Halloween special with the Krusty doll, where he's like, "Oh, I see what happened here. Someone switched the good switch to that's evil." That's really funny because I flicks it back I watched to good. this dad and dad remark the exact same comment too, which is really good. <laughs> um, oh, someone switched the robot switch to evil. There you go. Um, and that turns off all the TRs. That did it, and Chloe and Tiffany are both like, we did it. We saved the day, and then the movie ends. That's it. What the fuck? What is this fucking movie? What's this whole finale? I don't I don't understand. I don't under, I don't understand what happened here. It's real it's weird. But the rest of the movie is so fucking boring. I wish this whole movie was literally the opening and this next part. And it would have been a great. Yeah, this it should have been all movie. in space. It should have been everything should have been in space. It, it basically would see the 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 parts that are set in space feel more like Alien yeah. than Terminator with some Star Wars crap thrown in. Like, and then they get back on Earth. It's like okay, now it feels like Terminator, but with spaceships. So it's like you know, it's it's weird. But like, yeah, it's this weird jumbled mess. Where it's like, yeah, like they have a bunch of ideas and they don't really do anything with them. Bless this mess. I'm not sure. On the film, the director's, I guess, Javier. But on Wikipedia, it's an X and 7H. So it'd be Xavier. I don't know if that's a typo on or on either part. I don't know. Oh, well, that could or be. We could have well, changed I mean, it later on. It's, it's also possible, too. Well, well, X in in Spanish yeah, yeah. is pronounced like a, like a Spanish J. So it's probably still pronounced Javier. Sure. Um, this is the only movie he ever directed to, and David Michaelat did this the screenplay or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, maybe that could you'll have some reason why this movie is well, a the, weird mess. The, the direction, there's nothing notable about the direction whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It just feels like any other yeah, silent movie. They even use, I'm sure, the same warehouses that they used in Death Race 2000. <laughs> yes. Def Racer. It's, it's, it's Oxnard. Just yeah. Def Racer. Oh, Def Racer. Sorry, Def Race 2000 is the <laughs> actual, an actual movie. Film. Sorry, Def Racer. Um, Def Racer. But yeah, it's Once Oxnard, again, the know. Wikipedia article is weirdly detailed for the synopsis of the plot here, including this one weird part too. So the end at the end of the synopsis in the Wikipedia article, they have this part. So, Terra Force come back to life despite Tiffany hitting the shutdown switch, but when she rips the cords out from the control box, they all die simultaneously. Chloe, Tiffany, Tanner, I don't know who Tanner is, Laura, I also don't know who Laura is, and Chloe's unborn child are left as the only survivors, possibly of yeah, all of humanity. Who the fuck is Tanner? Who the fuck is I don't Tanner? Know who but also, I like the implication they have here, which is that they're, only, they're the only survivors of humanity, too. Which is never I, implied. I think- no, I, I'm I'm sure there's plenty of people left. Because especially these fucking there's morons survive. There's only two survived. people. There's only two people left. It's Chloe and Tiffany. No one else is left mm-hmm. alive. Every we saw everyone else killed. Yeah. Um, Tanner is in this. He uh, I don't remember who Tanner is in this movie. Um, I I don't know. I don't understand. 
There's no one else left I, alive. And I don't know the, who the Laura is crew, either. Those guys are killed. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell is I Laura? I don't know. What, who no. wrote this Wikipedia article? I don't understand. And a lot of these side movies have the same weird problem, which is like, like it almost feels like um maybe someone with a lot of knowledge, like scenes got deleted or something. Like, like oh yeah, some, you know, unique knowledge maybe wrote the plot synopsis on Wikipedia. Maybe just maybe, you know, I maybe someone it. who uh, I mean, who who else? Who else would bother? editing a wikipedia article for one of right. these movies but yeah so that's the movie guys um i don't recommend it i don't this either movie is a really fucking boring except the like the first five minutes in the last 10 minutes which are all which are kind of interesting enough to talk about and save this movie from not being a complete waste of time to talk about yeah yeah, those last 10 minutes were so strange that it was like, or thus 15 mm-hmm. minutes, I'd say, were like so strange that it was like, again, like the robo conceptual art, that was the thing I was, I wanted to talk about because that, that was like weird and and so out of place in this movie. Absolutely. That was like, that's kind of an interesting idea, but they didn't do anything with it. You know, like there's no implication from it. Even it's it's just it's just gross stuff. Yeah, to yeah look it's at. just very so gory. They, they just walk in, they just look at it, and they just like they throw up. Basically, well, Chloe yeah. throws up, but they're just like, oh my god! It's just kind of like, well, there's something here to there's this implies something, but you're not doing anything with it. You know. Um. Yeah, dude. There's, there's, I'm not sure there's anything even. There's not even any quotes. I don't think from this movie that are worth mentioning. Um, I can't. I can't think. Yeah, there's this a lot of. Oh, here's a quote from Chloe on <laughs> the on IMDb. The quote is, "I love that gun." Um, so that's the quote of the day. I love that gun. Oh right, when yeah, yeah. when Kurt uses the the and she's like, "I love that gun," that you, and that's the quote. I love that gun. Of your quote. I remember a lot of the panicky, paranoid guys. You know, fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, the white. You know, uh, the big guy. thanks Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, for opening this podcast. Definitely, thanks oh, to him. Yes, thank you, thank, thank, thank you, Mister. I'm Governor. not going to play an air clip of him because oh. that's that site takes fucking seconds. I mean, to load. we would we would have to. To be fair, we'd have to pay him. Yeah, to more. pay him more we, money, definitely for sure. That's definitely what we I pay did. him by the yeah. line. He's just been sitting there in the corner drinking beer the whole time. <laughs> it's it beats doing another uh, Terminator reboot or movie or whatever the hell he does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. If you have any uh feedback or um opinions about my upcoming uh Mighty Ducks remake, Mighty Ducks Blood on the Ice trademark, um, please email us at Enter the Asylum Podcast at gmail Sweet. All right, let's let's wrap. <laughs> any this up. final <laughs> any final things to say? Uh, next week, oh, whenever we're doing this, uh, it's gonna be Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus at long last. Yay! I'm really curious to see if this holds up because I have fond memories of this movie, but I'm wondering if I'm gonna go back and be like, oh, this is not nearly as good as. Wouldn't I that be crushing? That we've be really sad. been, frankly, truth be told, we've been we've been building this movie up a lot this entire time. We have. We Every have. time we bring up the Surge slash the Source, we also bring up Megashark versus Octopus, Mega the, two, Octopus. the two gods of the Asylum. The two, the only two good movies the Asylum ever um, made. We'll see if that's true uh, next time. Yes. Alrighty. Bye, Bye. Bye.
seeing things you people wouldn't appear. The deck ships on far off the shoulder fly. I watched see pins 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 good in the dark near the panas of day. All those moments will be lost. And time. Like tears in rain. Time to die.